appreciate it. Good morning, peoples. <clears throat> Y'all heard him say it, that he's been waiting. They're excited to hear about this? I just, I just don't know. I don't know about all that. Um, but I, I am excited to share, and uh, I'm excited for different reasons. One of them is that sometimes, you know, you kind of got a plan, and you, and you think you got it figured out, or at least have a goal, um, and, then, and then things change. Um, this is, this is kind of one of them things. Now, it wasn't um, 24 or 12 hours before like it was for Uncle Dave last week. Um, uh, I had a couple days warning on this. But I was, I was planning on sharing, I don't know, for the last couple weeks about a certain topic, and maybe we'll get to it later. But then with different things that happened in my life and different conversations that I had um, over the last couple weeks, um, kind of took my mind in a different direction, and, uh, and I feel like i got to make some qualifiers this morning. One of them is that, please don't fall asleep. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I, I don't want to be misunderstood at all, um, and, and uh, I, want to have, I want to have feedback later on, and I want you all to hear me. Another thing is, is to, um, I, I recognize that there's perhaps different opinions about uh, how things end up at the end of time, as we say. Um, and so I'm not going to really dive into particulars. I just, I, just, I just want to establish a fact, uh, establish a, a principle to gauge life by, and that includes the things that are happening with, with, um, with end times or, or whatever, uh, whatever terminology you want to use for that. So, so y'all need to stick with me all the way through this. Um, uh, maybe you do all the time. Um, and I know that some of us view things differently, and, and, and a, a way we approach the message time is differently. Um, some of us are, are right there taking notes and, and Full disclosure, the reason I take notes is so I actually stick with it. So that, so some, I, somebody once said, well, you take a lot of notes. It's like, I got to, or I, I'm thinking about sitting in the tree stand, um, or I'm thinking about football, or I'm thinking about the, the difficulties of life that I got to face that week. So that's why I do it. So it's somewhat uh, motivated, uh, motivational for me. So if you're not taking notes this morning, I'm okay um, with that. I just please stick with me. And there's a lot of verses. I'm going to do a lot of reading, and we're going to try to get fast. Um, and not because of the time specifically, but because of, I want to be quick and to the point. And here I've already been three minutes into this. So the, uh, um, the last couple of weeks, again, like I said, I had some conversations with people about, you know, how things will be and how things are going to be and, and the end times and how this is all going to be. Um, and, and then obviously going into last weekend, um, we were gone last weekend and we were down in South Carolina. I met with uh, before the church service, I met with one of my old friends, and we were talking a little bit, and he says, so what do you think about what's happening in Israel? And, and this was Sunday morning, and I said, uh, what's happening in Israel? I mean, the same as always, right? Um, and so he informed me about, you know, what was some stuff going on there, and, and obviously then I looked into it a little bit. But joking, he's a good guy, but jokingly, as we left, I made a comment, something about it. I, I didn't know anything about it. I and he made the comment, he's like, you got to get your head out of the sand. Um, and it was, it was a good comment. I was good with him. It's not like ridicule. Um, 
and, and I made a comment somewhat back, and now I'm going to stand behind that comment, even though it was kind of thrown out frivolously, and I said, well, I'd, I'd rather keep my head in the Word rather than in the sand. I'd rather keep my head in the Word and not in the news. That was I implying. Not in the news. I'm going to keep my head in the Word. Um, and, and even though it was somewhat flippantly thrown out there, kind of as a cutback to, to his comments, um, uh, it, it, it really... And, it really pushed me a little bit this week, um, and, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of verses, so we're going to jump right to it. Um, but, you know, we got things happening. There's things in Israel. There's, there's things all around the world. There are signs of the time, right? Jesus talks about that. Um, and, I, and I asked the question, same as I guess Pilate did to Jesus, uh, what is truth? So these are a couple questions I'm going to ask here at the beginning. So what is truth? How will it be? How is it? Who, who can we trust? Who can we follow? Who can we uh, look to and know that, you know what, they're going to they're gonna shoot straight and they're also going to speak the truth? Um, who, where is the source of truth? Us, most of us in the building, I would guess, would say, well, God is truth. God is love. God is, um, is, is consistent. God, God is God. Um, so I went to like where everyone should go when you're seeking truth. I went to Revelations. Got a couple of chuckles. Revelations. The last book of the Bible. And this week I did, well, actually, yeah, early in the week, I did something that I haven't done in a long time. I sat down and I read Revelations. First chapter to the end. Uh, and... Uh, and I was reminded of, of, of something, and it is this, that too many times I section off certain areas, perhaps certain chapters that I'm uncomfortable with, or I don't know how they would go, and, and I'll make blanket statements. And, I, and I'll be honest, I probably will make a few of them here this morning, um, but there is, there is something so very powerful in seeing how God um, has said things will happen, and they have happened. It's called prophecy, right? Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about prophecy. I know the, uh, the youngest guy, yeah, yeah, I'm the one to talk about prophecy. No, I'm going to talk about the source of prophecy, and I want you all to uh, ride with me on this one here. So we're going to start with, with a warning. So we already, are we already questioning what is truth and who do we trust? And, and if this came out, this means this is happening. And we, we start doing all kinds of things. And, and again, I've had a lot of conversations with people that you take this one thing that's happening and you put it right, well, this, this is right here. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really caution us to do that because of some other things I, uh, um, we're going to go into here. But let's start with the first, the first couple verses in 2 Peter. 2 Peter 2, verse 1 and 2, we get this question, like, who can we trust? I asked that at the beginning, who can we trust? And then Peter makes it more confusing, or makes it more, uh, could be discouraging, or, or, or even scarier. Who can we trust? And this is, this is what Peter says. But there also were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly be bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on them swift destruction, and many will follow their destructive ways. So we already got this idea, we already got this feeling, perhaps, maybe you all don't struggle with this, but we hear something, we see something in the news, and we're like, I don't know, if, I don't, is that true? I mean, I'm not there, so do I take their word for it? 
And then we got Peter saying, and by the way, there, are false, there were false prophets back in the day, and there will be false teachers moving forward. They will try to sway people, try to um, bring about destructive ways. Uh, and, it, and it mentions a few things. So I was reading this, I'm like, well, Peter, you're not really helping this out. I need to know who I can trust, and not just when I'm already struggling on what is the truth, or what is, maybe not struggling, but, but maybe how it's going to be. And then Peter said, by the way, there will be false teachers. Where do we turn? Where do we go to? As I was reading, uh, as I was reading through Revelations, I found a verse. Um, again, understanding that I read it. I've not done this very often, but in one setting. Chapter 1 to chapter 21. And I realized that there's a lot of verses in there. There's a lot of challenges in there that I was missing because it's, well, it's that whole thing. I don't understand it. It's the witnesses. Who's the witnesses? Who's the beast? Who's the, what's the mark? What, all that kind of stuff. And, I've, and I, I feel like in some ways I've avoided it because I don't understand it. Or I don't understand how everything is. And I miss some very, very powerful things. And I got this, or beautiful things. Maybe not power, yeah, powerful. But this one verse um, is Revelations 19.20. Now this is towards the end of it. But there's this one verse that really jumped out at me. Um, and I want to read this. So this is Revelations 19, verse, um, let's start at verse, let's start at verse 9. Right before this, there, there's a throne room, there's a lot of worship, there's a lot of celebration um, that's happening right before this um, in the throne room. And this, so this is, Revelations 19, 9 says this. There is an angel talking to John, and this is what he says. He says, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the sayings of God. And I fell, this is John, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and, your, and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. And this is the key phrase right here that really jumped out at me. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I was like, what? Okay, wait a minute. Is this, is this saying what I felt like it was saying? The spirit, or sorry, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I started thinking, is, is, is he saying that the testimony of Jesus and, and what he did and, and what he does for us and who he is, is that the, the, the essence of prophecy? Is that the heart of prophecy? Does it revolve around Jesus? Is that what it's saying there? And so I started doing some, some research on that, and there's... Um, uh, I. I <laughs> I went to a dictionary. It's been a while since I went to a regular dictionary, and I looked up what do these words mean. So, what, is the what does testimony mean? Uh, dictionary definition of testimony: the evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. The evidence or proof is a testimony. We use that 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 term is used in in law in in, in the court system, right? A testimony is the evidence or proof of something. Okay. So it says that the testimony of Jesus, so the evidence or the proof of Jesus um, is the spirit of prophecy. So what is prophecy? What's, the, again, the definition, the dictionary definition of prophecy? The inspired declaration of divine will and purpose. The inspired declaration of divine will. Prophecy. And perhaps, like I do, Somebody starts talking about prophecy. I'm good with prophecy in the Old Testament that we saw exactly how it came out, right? 
the prophecy in the future, that's the stuff I'm like, okay, what are we talking about here? But, but th- this really started getting my mind thinking that perhaps when, when I hear prophecy, or when I hear use the word prophecy, or I hear a group saying something about prophetic something or others, perhaps I should think about Jesus rather than the fear that comes in upon me, kind of. And fear is maybe a strong word. Uncomfortableness, uncertainty. Maybe when somebody says prophecy, I should think about the testimony of Jesus in relation to this prophecy or whatever it might be. So that made me start going on this, on this thing, track with me here, about the testimony of Jesus, right? So we get um, John eight thirteen. We're going to read that. Go, run with me to there. John eight thirteen. So we get this testimony of Jesus. Jesus is talking about a testimony because um, somebody can come and stand in front of a court and say whatever it might be, but they're not always a, what's that term? A witness? They're not always a credible, credible witness. So can we trust, can we trust the testimony of Jesus? Can we, can, we, can we believe it? Can we trust it? Well, some other people were questioning Jesus' testimony, right? John 8, this is right after the woman caught in adultery. Um, John 8, verse 13 says this, Then the Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my my witness is true, for I know where I come from and I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law, so he goes back to their definitions. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. My testimony is true. Jesus is saying that. He says his Father bears witness of him. Is there proof of that? Okay, so I started running this thread. I, I don't know if it's called chasing a thread. I don't know what it's called. But I kept going with this. Okay, so, so Jesus is saying, my testimony is true, and it's not just me, but my Father in heaven says that my testimony is true. My witness is sure. My witness is true. And then we get, um, so let's, let's go find a couple examples of that. Matthew 3, um, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. This is the, at the baptism of Jesus. Did God the Father testify or bear witness of of Jesus. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God the Father, here's the word, on. What was the word we said? I didn't write it down when we got here. Identified. God the Father identified Jesus as his son. He loved him, my beloved son, and he affirmed him in whom I'm well pleased. God the Father bore witness of Jesus. Are we with me? Are you with me? God the Father says, basically, his witness is true. His testimony is true. Are you with me? Are y'all looking at it? Okay, come on now. Um, let's go to the second example. 
the Mount Transfiguration, another very uh, enjoyable passage. Matthew uh, 17, Matthew 17, 1 through 5. Now listen closely to all these verses here. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before him. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Then Peter answered and said to, the, said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make there three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the clouds saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this phrase really got me this week. Hear him. Listen to him. God the Father, not just affirming that Jesus was his son, affirming that he loved him and affirming that he was well pleased with him. His testimony is true. Hear him. Listen to him. I have a list of things that Jesus said. Now you're wondering, how, where does this tie in with revelations, right? Perhaps. I got a list of things of things that Jesus said. Every one of these were Jesus said these things. And I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them fast. Y'all don't, you can't keep up with this um, as far as taking notes. So if you want to know where all these verses are, um, I spent better half of yesterday morning writing all these down, and I got so excited because every time I would find another one, you know what I would think? I would think of what God the Father said. Listen to him. Hear him. Hear his testimony. And this is what Jesus says about you, me, and even some of the things about how we should navigate life. This is what Jesus said. I've come to call all sinners to repentance. Luke 5.32, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. Revelation 3.20, your sins are forgiven. Luke 6.27, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. John 8.11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live. John 11.25, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14.6, come to me that you may have life. John 5.39, I am the bread of life. He who eats this bread will live forever. The words that I speak are life. I am the good shepherd. I give abundant life. Life, and I give it abundantly. If you abide in me, in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I'm no longer doing uh, references, but they're all on here if you want them. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. As the Father loved me, I love you. Abide in my love. Love one another. Love your enemies. If you love me, keep my commandments. Abide in me and I in you. Let not your heart be troubled. I am going away and you will come and will come back to you. You have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one can take. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen to him. Hear him. That's the testimony of Jesus. And obviously there are so many more. In fact, John was a lot of these. Because you start going through John, and there's a lot of things about Jesus and his testimony. And what, he, and what he said. And for the Father to say, listen to him. So I wrote all these things down. 
and, and you, again, you might ask, what's this have to do with Revelation? The spirit, or sorry, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. This is Jesus' testimony. Well, it's in his word. It's Jesus' testimony. Perhaps me, and maybe you, I, I know I have, perhaps too many times, I've, like I said at the beginning, I'm thinking, okay, so if this happens at Israel, if this group of people come from this way, or this come from this way, and, and, and there is so much, if you want to go down there, there is so much, I'm just going to say discussion, I'm not going to say misinformation or whatever, I'm going to say just discussions about how things will be and how and, and it feels to me, when those discussions come up, we just, we just throwing darts at a board, at a wall. That's how it feels like. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not going to discredit you for what you, how you think things will be. I'm just asking us to take a hard look at why we, we want to know things, or, or how we want things to go, or, or how we think things will end. And I would just ask that we would would really, really consider the testimony of Jesus, what he said, that that is the focal point. That's the focal point. It's not if we, if we, boy, I hope it's this way, or I think I got it figured out. The focal point has to be the testimony of Jesus, and I believe that very strongly. Um, I've never been real great at communicating that. Every time there's kind of this back and forth on like, well, what do you think this? What do you think this? And, there's been, and maybe none of y'all have had a discussion about Revelations in the last year or two. Congratulations, if you have. But I, I, I hope that we never, as we read, read all the word, but as we get into Revelations, we read those things that, that, that the testimony of Jesus, what is the number one um, the, way we, the way we view prophecy. What Jesus said, that has already happened. These things have already happened, and this is what Jesus said and what he thinks. I hope that we don't stray away from that. As we get to uh, um, back on the mountain, the Transfiguration Mountain, let's go back to Peter. Second Peter, and we're about to end here. Second Peter like two verses before, or four verses before, the verses that I just read when Peter was saying, um, beware of false teachers. Two verses, a couple verses uh, before that. This is Second Peter 1.16. There's three people on the mountain. <laughs> well, let me rephrase that. There are three people that went up with Jesus onto the mountain. Who were they? Peter, James, and John. So we've already quoted Peter a little bit. We've also already quoted John in Revelation. 2 Peter 1, verse 16. For we did not follow cunning devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from that excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. If you go back to read Transfiguration, Jesus actually said, don't tell people about this until after my death. Well, that's already happened. And Peter's laying it out. I heard the voice on that mountain. 
And it said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place. Do you all ever feel darkness when it comes to the end times and, and revelation? Do you ever seem like, man, I don't, well, I, I see some uncertainty. I don't know what it is. Do you ever feel that way? He says, take heed to the light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star star rises in your hearts, knowing this first. Now here's some instruction, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private origin, no private interpretation. I think that's a big deal. For prophecy never came by will of man. I'll be honest, I hear a lot of stuff, and I, again, that's because I've been studying this, but I've heard a lot of things that's talking about how things will be at the end or how things are going to go, and it sounds a whole lot like the will of man. I'm not saying they are, I'm just saying prophecy, true prophecy, because true prophecy is in the testimony of Jesus. But holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Last, last ones. 1 John 5, so we've read all this, these, we've talked about these two guys that were up on the mountain with Jesus. 1 John 5, starting at verse 9. This, then we're going to close with this. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has witness in himself. He who does not believe in God has made him a liar because he was not believed, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given him of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you. Who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life? I don't know exactly how things will be at the end. I'm not claiming, I mean, I got some ideas, but I haven't given any of them here. Because <laughs> I feel like that's kind of miss, missing the point. What matters is the testimony of Jesus and what that does for us. That you may know, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. Praise God and His Son for that. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the faithfulness of your, your Word. Thank you for the words of Jesus. He's given us so much, so much to hang our hat on. His testimony is sure. Thank you, God, again for the the excitement and the passion that, that uh, you've given to me personally over the last couple of days in reading these different verses. Um, I do ask, God, that you would take and give us wisdom um, as, we, as we have conversations, as we seek the scriptures, as we pursue you. Um, Lord, that you would give us wisdom in, in what voices we let into our head, And that the voice that we hear the clearest would be the voice of our Savior. Telling us what he thinks about us and how much he loves us. Thank you for your unfailing love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.